Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, right? Galatians 5.22. And then we have uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 13.4, which tells us love is patient and love is kind. That's the second thing that describes what love is. Now, we know love is action, right? But if, if kindness is part of love, like you can't separate those two because real love, true God kind of love is going to be patient and is going to be kind, right? And so it's really important that we, that we study the fullness of what love is because that's our number one need as humans is, is love, is to be fully loved, fully accepted, right? And it's the same thing that we're called to give to others, just to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you choose to love your neighbor, you're choosing to be kind and patient, but also kind, right? And so I asked a, a study group yesterday uh, of uh, teenagers, you know, and, uh, and I ran some, you know, some questions by them. I said, hey... So why is it that sometimes, or a lot of times, it's easier to be kind to strangers than to your own family? Well, and that, you know, they had a lot of answers. Like, well, because, you know, my siblings are annoying, or because they irritated me, or because, you know, uh, they broke a promise, or because they disappointed me, or because, you know, they hurt me, or because this. So like a bunch of, you know, I'm like, okay, okay, I see, I see why it's easier, you know, to be kind to strangers. But the Bible tells us that love is kind, right? So I said, do you love the strangers more or your family more? No, I think I love my family more. Would you give your life for a stranger or for your family? Oh, definitely my family. Like that was like an instant response. I said, so if love is kind, why wouldn't we be kinder to our own spouse, to our own children, to our own parents, to our own siblings? And so I'm like this. They do all kinds of faces, you know, like, oh my, I guess so, right? But, but it is, it is, it's easier said than done because we live with them, right? And so we get more comfortable with them. We kind of lose respect sometimes. We lose honor for them, right? And, and we kind of take them for granted because they're there. So we take it for granted, and then we're just, you know, it's easier to not be kind sometimes. But with a stranger, it's like, oh, you have to be, you know, really, really kind. At least at first, you have to show your best foot. Yeah. And so, does anybody else ever struggle with that? You know, I, I, it really hit my heart, you know, a few years ago when my wife asked me, it's like, so why are you kinder to that stranger at the store than how you talk to me right now? I had to go get saved again. <laughs> and I said, Lord, help me. I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be kinder to others than to my own family, to the ones that I would give my life for, the ones that I would take a bullet for. Like, I don't want to be kinder to the stranger at the store than, like, they deserve my very best. Right? And... Um, I thought this was going to be an easy message when I first, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, kindness, you know, let's study more about kindness. I'm like, this will be done in 10 minutes. And I'm realizing, man, whew, kindness, there's a lot to kindness that we forget uh, or that we don't know. And so the other thing, you know, about kindness is how many times, you know, we, we ask ourselves like, well, why? Why, am I, 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 why can't I be kinder, right? And, and we come up with all kinds of excuses. Like, you know, one is like, uh, well, it's, it just doesn't come out natural for me. It's like, it just doesn't come out natural to be kind. Okay. 
Uh, or, or how about this one? It's just not my personality. It's just, you know, it's just not my personality. That's Katya's personality, you know. She's just, she's always smiling. She's always kind. She's, you know, that, that, this is a personality thing. So I'm just not, you know. So you tell me that God created some people kind and some not kind? I don't think so. You know, he created all of us and we, he was done. He said, it's good. They're good. There's goodness inside of us. You know, I want to suggest to you that we, we're, we're not born unkind, but we, learned un, we learn unkindness. We learn, you know, to be rude. We learn to do these things because fear is a great teacher as well. And so, you know, how, how is it that, you know, we make these excuses, well, it's not my personality. You know, how many of you do people ever come to you or often come to you like, oh, man, are you mad? Are you angry? And you're like, no, I'm not angry. No, I, mean, I promise I'm not angry. And you're really not angry because anger and kindness are two different things. Be- being angry and being unkind is, is two separate things. But if people are always asking you, are you angry, are you angry, are you angry, it's because you look angry. You sound angry and you come across angry, even if you're not angry. So it's not an anger problem, it's an unkindness problem. <laughs> See, some of you are not being kind to me right now. You know, I'm smiling at you, you're not smiling back. So what is, uh, what is kindness, you know, and look up Bible definitions of kindness. And, and kindness is, is uh, to be gentle, to be sweet, integrous, manageable, pleasant. Do these words describe you? Not harsh, not bitter, not sharp, easy. Are you easy or are you like... Or are you like the difficult person? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I've never been booed off the stage. <laughs> I hope today is not the day. You know, um, it, or are we difficult people? You know, are we sharp, cutting, uh, rough? You know. I just that's just how life made me. Okay. So that, those are the definitions of God, you know, for, for kindness. The Greek, the Hebrew, you know, where, whichever way you look at it, that's how God defines kindness. And um, in, in Romans chapter two, verse four, it says, "Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you?" See, because God doesn't ask us to give anything that He hasn't given us, right? He says, "Freely you receive, freely give." So what he has given us, he said, now you, now you give us, right? And you have to remember this, okay? I, I, because right now it might seem a little hard, like, oh, man, I have to change a lot of stuff about myself. Listen, before you were a believer, you didn't have the Spirit of God living inside of you. So anything you tried to do outside or, or apart from God is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But when we are born again and we become, we're new creation, right? We have the Spirit of God inside of us, like we, we are new. Now we have inside of us everything that we need to walk in the Spirit. And, and if you remember this, we started this series by, by, by clearly saying that this is the fruit of the Spirit, okay? The Spirit that already lives inside of us produces this kind of fruit. And we said an, an apple tree 
it's not hard for an apple tree to produce an apple. It's natural. It's easy. It's natural, right? It's the thing that it does. So it shouldn't be hard for you to produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, and today we're talking about kindness, right? So it shouldn't be a hard thing. It should be a natural thing. So if we cultivate you know, the soil, and we water the tree, and we walk in the Spirit, then it should be easy to be kind. But rather it's when we're, on the, when we're in the flesh, when we stepped away from walking in the Spirit, when we're on the flesh and we're, you know, just following, you know, what our emotions are saying and how we're feeling, and that's what is dictating our walk and our actions and our decisions and our speech and all this stuff, that's when... It's not easy to walk. It's, that's when it's not easy to produce the fruit of the Spirit. That's when it's not easy to be kind and patient. Because you're in the flesh. See, when you're walking in the Spirit, who, is, who you really are, then it's easy to be loving, patient, kind. Are you with me? So I don't want you to get this idea that it's like, oh, it's so hard, now I have to be kind, you know, and it's really hard for me. No, no, listen. If you learn to walk in the Spirit, and if you remember to cultivate the soil of your heart, pull out the weeds, and, and, and deal with the roots, then kindness will just grow as easy as an apple grows in an apple tree. Are you with me? Okay. And so this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in Romans... Uh, Chapter 2, verse 4, it says, Do you not see how wonderful, kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? This is how He is with you. This is, does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? It is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It is the kindness of God that leads people to rethink, turn around, and go in a different direction. To line up with His Word. It is the kindness of God not the threats of God, not the punishment of God, not the anger or the wrath of God. You know, I grew up in a Baptist church, and I love Baptists. They're amazing people. I love them. You know, they're just missing something, okay? And, uh, and you know, it, it, that, that's all, right? It's just like the whole Holy Spirit part that, you know, it is so powerful and important, right? But um, the doctrine was a little different. I grew up hearing about we would pray, right? We would pray for people. We're going to intercede for our friends. We're going to intercede for our family members that are not saved, right? And so prayers like this would come up. Lord, I pray that they will hit rock bottom. That they will hit rock bottom, Lord, so that they would turn to you, right? Now, I don't know about you, but rock bottom does not sound like a nice, pleasant experience. Rock bottom sounds like you're in jail, beat up, facing the possibility of years in prison, or you're in the hospital on, you know, with a really bad diagnosis from the doctors, and you're hanging on for dear life. Like, you, you know, rock bottom is not a good place to be in. You agree with me? Like, I don't want to be in rock bottom. But yet we would pray, Lord, let him hit rock bottom. Anybody else ever grew up in that kind of intercession, you know, for the, okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? And then I read this scripture, you know, probably 10, 12 years ago, and I realized, wait a minute, we've been, I guess God is in, in agreement with my prayer here. I guess God is not, you know, trying to get him to, I mean, 
it's a fact that when people are in great pain and great need, they turn to the Lord, right? But it's not God's will. And then the worst part is sometimes we take parenting advice from that type of old style prayer, right? <laughs> ah, different subject, different subject. <laughs> Stay on track. And so, so, um, so it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. In other words, we're supposed to pray God that they would see how much you love them, that they would feel your love, that they would see how good you are to them, that they would have so much favor, success, and mercy on their life that they couldn't help but turn to you and say, I couldn't do this myself. This has to be God. And I know what you're thinking. Well, then, if they're doing so good, they're not going to turn to God. Well, I don't know, but it says that it is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. You know, which means that in their very sin, because people know when they sin, people know when they're not doing the right things, you know, when they're making bad, cho bad choices, they know that. We don't have to remind them and rub it in their faces, you know, which is what we think we should do, but it's wrong. See, the, Jesus is, um, is, is, is walking on earth, right? And he has, uh, all of a sudden, the Pharisees, the religious people, bring a woman and they drop her in front of him. And they say, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law says we should stone her to death, right? And they were right. That's what the law said, you know, according to Jewish law and that tradition and the law of Moses. And in that time, that's what needed to happen. But see, Jesus came to bring a different, a new covenant, right? A better covenant. And he came to bring salvation. And John tells us that he came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And so they bring the woman, she's in front of them, full of shame, her life is pending, right? Her life is just hanging by a thread. And Jesus says, all right, whoever is without sin, throw the first rock, right? And what happens is they all start leaving one by one. And at the end, the woman looks up to Jesus. And Jesus looks at her and says, woman, where are your accusers? And she looks around and says, none. The only one standing there was the only one who knew no sin. The only one who actually could have fulfilled that and said, all right, you know, I, I accuse you. But he didn't. What did he do? He forgave her. He showed her kindness. Because, you know, when your life is the, like you're about to either live or die. And God says, no, I forgive you. You live. Like, that's extreme kindness. And that is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. Because he tells the woman now, say, go and sin no more. Right? A super long discipleship program right there. Right? Go and sin no more. Why was that so easy, go and sin no more? Because she had just tasted the kindness of God, which is in the form of forgiveness. It's in the form of love. It's in the form of, I don't condemn you. You know, I love you, and this isn't good for you, so go and sin no more. And so it's that kindness of God that leads people to repentance. When people realize that their bad choices and bad lifestyle is not, uh, is not making God angry, and that God isn't angry at them, and they realize, wow, that is very kind. I don't deserve that kind of kindness. That's the kindness of God that leads people to repent and say, okay, you know, I, I need a change in my life. Like, this God is really, really good. Why would I run away from him? The only reason why a lot of people run away from him is because they think God is condemning them, right? They think God is requiring and demanding perfection out of someone before they can come to him. And that's just a lie. Are you with me? Okay. And so, 
Uh, Romans 2.4 says, you know, can't you see that is the kindness of God that leads people to repentance? So it's his kindness. It's his kindness. And so when we're kind to people, it will also point people to Jesus. Right. Amen? Then we go to um, Luke chapter 6, verse 35. It says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. We won't spend much time on that one, right? You're like, oh, I can barely take this. It says, then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. I love when it says that. You'll be truly acting like a child of God. So sometimes we're not acting like a child of God. You're acting like a brat. <laughs> we're, right? And don't we tell that to our kids? Like, act like a deist. <laughs> Um, and then it says, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Oh, boy. Like, it's easy to be kind to those that are kind to you, but do we have to be kind to the unthankful and the wicked? You know, when somebody treats you really nice, you're at a restaurant or you're in a, or, or an airplane or something, and they come and they're like, well, how are you doing today, Mr. Diaz? You, you just, wow, you look so great today. Is that you that I smell? Wow, what, what, are you, what are you here for today? Are you celebrating anything? I will give you the best service. You know, this flight is going to be the best flight of your life. You're like, oh, well, well, thank you, dear. You are amazing, too. I'm so glad that I got you in this, you know, in this time, you know, thank you for being here. And I like, it's so easy to be kind to someone who is kind. But can we be kind to the unthankful and the wicked? I mean, I don't know how many of you have this, but, you know, I have a pet peeve for unthankfulness. And my wife does too. And it's like, you know, if our kids ever start complaining and grumbling. Okay, yesterday I googled. Um... Limousine privacy glass installation. You know, sometimes I just want to go. Keep driving because it's just like this complaining, and it's like, like roll down the window. You guys happy now? Not yet. All right. Privacy glass windows. I'm telling you, parents. I think it'd be a good investment. But anyways. You think I'm joking. I really Googled that. I'm like, maybe Amazon has them cheap now, you know. <laughs> Especially on the way to church, huh? Does anybody get that? Yeah. I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor, do they make them this way? <laughs> no. Mm -mm. You be kind. <laughs> Um, so God is kind to those who are unthankful and those who are wicked. You know, there's something so powerful about kindness that God is telling us, if, if, you're, if you're kind to even the unthankful and the wicked ones, the ones that are not easy to be kind to, it'll be something different. You know, I was uh, driving out of the uh, airport a few days ago, out of the, out of the parking lot, and, um, and I went to the one where... Uh, where there's an attendant. You know, some of them don't have an attendant, and this one had an attendant, So, because uh, I was going to pay in cash. And so I put in my ticket, you know, and she's like stoic, just like. And I'm like, I hear this voice, tell her Jesus loves her. I'm like, ah, you know. It's like, 
Taylor Jesus loves her. You know, I'm like, man, that's a challenge, you know. Uh, and because she's like so serious. Like she, it, right, her, her forehead says, don't talk to me, you know. <laughs> Big red letters, you know, flashing. Don't talk to me, you know. And, uh, and she's so serious. And I go, I go, Jesus loves you. And she looks at me. And then the Holy Spirit's like, she didn't hear you. You got to say it again. I'm like, ah, you know? And I go, Jesus loves you. And she couldn't help. She's mild. She, she laughs and chuckles. She's like, ah. And I'm like, wow, that was amazing. Like, kindness, you know, to even those that don't. Like, it changes. The, the, it changes the whole thing. It changes the way they're thinking. It changes the way they're feeling. It changes, you know, what do you, okay, I'm, I won't get ahead because, <clears throat> okay. Uh, let's, let's read uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. It says, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. See, this is so powerful. It's, it's, it's the whole package. Forgiving one another. Kind to each other, tender-hearted. Right? That sounds like the definitions of kindness, too. Right? When I said it's sweetness. It says, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So in the, in the way that he has forgiven us, in the same way he's saying, be forgiving to others. You know, Jesus, on his worst moment, he's being beat up, he's being tortured, he's nailed to the cross, and he has these two characters next to him on other crosses. They deserved it, right? That's why they were there. Jesus didn't deserve it. Uh, one of them's being sarcastic and obnoxious, and Jesus... They didn't respond to anything, you know. If, if he said anything, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, right? Like on the cross, as he's being rejected and punished, though he was innocent, he's saying, forgive them. He's forgiving the wicked and the unthankful, right? Those who did not receive him. And then the other guy, you know, he pretty much accepts Jesus right there. He recognizes he is God, and he's telling the other one, shut up, dude, you don't know what you're saying, and, uh, and Jesus says to him, right, all right, today you will be with me in paradise. And he forgives him right there on the cross. Jesus, on his worst moment, when it would have been right for him to be angry, it would have been right for him to be upset and to be rude to other people. Like, why not? He was in the middle of an injustice, right? He's being kind to the unthankful and to the wicked. Forgiving one another, right? Just as God through Christ has forgiven us. So, you know, he did this to us. He, he, he forgave us when we didn't deserve it. He was very kind. And his kindness, you know, it wasn't one-time kindness. It's an everyday kindness. He shows us his kindness every day. His goodness and his mercy is following us all the days of our lives. And he's saying, all right, from the same thing, you know, practice. Look what my dad said last week. I don't know how many enjoyed my dad. I enjoyed my dad. You know, he was great. And, uh, but he was saying, like, practice. Like, you have to be a practitioner. And how many Christians and believers are not practicing? They're, like, retired. <laughs> they know. They know, right? To be a doctor, you have to be a practitioner. Practice it. It doesn't mean we're great at it. I mean, hopefully, if he's a doctor, he is great at it, you know. <laughs> Hmm. You know, something really interesting um, is that many times we can say the right thing the wrong way, and it's still wrong. 
How many times, husbands, have you said the right thing, the wrong way, and no matter what you do, you're wrong? Right? You're like, I do that. You know? Or to anybody else. It's like, but I got the facts right. I got the right information. The data is correct, woman. I am right. But you said it the wrong way, and that makes it wrong 100%. See, women are in one plus one. And men are like, but it's, but it's two. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because one plus one didn't have a happy emoji on it. It had a rude emoji on it, so that one is canceled, and you're wrong. You know, that's pretty much how it goes. And it is so true, and we wonder why. But let me tell you something. Brain science actually shows that this is correct. You know, there's something in our brains called uh, mirror neurons. And mirror neurons fire, uh, you know, in, 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 when we're communicating. Okay, so mirror neurons can actually make communication better or it can make it worse. When you communicate kindly, not only does your brain feel better and the brain of the person receiving it feels better, but when you communicate kindly, uh, these photons are coming out of your brain physically. This is physics, okay? This is like literal science coming out of your brain and it's creating this like nice warm environment that the receiver's mirror neuron system is receiving it kindly and clearly. But when you're rude, the mirror neurons do the opposite and they create a toxic environment, kind of static and cloudness and um, uh, like a uh, what do you call it, when there's uh, inter interference in the environment, and the person receiving the message cannot even hear the words until after it's processed all this negative energy that's coming out of your brain to their brains. You know like how people say, joking sometimes, like, I see your lips moving, but I can't hear what you're saying. Well, that's, that's literal. It actually is happening. Because the brain is processing all this negative energy that is coming in this rude container. And it can't even hear the words clearly until it's processed all of that. And, and then they've missed it all. When we communicate with kindness, um, we promote uh, brain health. In us and in the person receiving it. So that's why you can tell your children something a hundred million times in a rude way, and they still don't get it. I'm not saying that they will get it if you say it kindly, but there's a way, way better chance that they will. You know, they just hear wah, 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 poof, poof, poof. It's like they're getting hit with this. Photons are coming out of your brain, and you know, the neurons are firing, and they're like, ah! It's real. I'm just explaining it in lame terms, you know, but, but that's what's happening. <laughs> so that's the brain science behind it. So I want to ask you something, you know. Uh, from, from 1 to 10, or from 0 to 10, where's your kindness level? When you communicate to your spouse or your children or your parents or your siblings or the people close to you, what's your kindness level, right? All right. From 1 to 2, raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
The other question is, how can we bump up our kindness level? Now, that's a good goal, right? How can I bump up my kindness level? And number three is, when I lose kindness and I get sharp and I become rude and I start just cutting with my words, my tone, my body language, what triggered that? Hmm. See, because at the beginning I said, none of us want to be rude. None of us want to be kinder to strangers than our, than our own family, right? Than our own spouse and our kids. Like, we don't want that. Especially now that you know that when you're rude to your kids, you know, you're affecting their intelligence. Intelligence, you know, is not static. Intelligence is, is, is moving, is growing. And when you're in an environment of kindness, you actually get smarter, I know some of you are like, well, now I know why I didn't do good in school. My dad was so rude all the time. Don't worry, Jesus can fix that. And so that's, all of that, you know, gives us a problem, gives us a solution, and gives us some things to do. Um, you know, we want to uh, evaluate ourselves, you know. But, but the important thing is, is the last one I said. You know, what triggers you to stop being kind? Because... It's not natural to be rude. It was learned. It was learned. It was practiced. But where did it come from? Because you know me. I'm, I'm like, what's the root of this thing? And so at the heart level, and, and please don't hear what I'm not saying, okay? So I'll say this a couple times. At the heart level, uh, most people who are unkind, and I'm not talking about one time, I'm talking like, generally speaking, they're always kind of rude and unkind, okay? Uh, most people who are unkind have rejection issues. That's the hard issue right there. It's rejection and it's fear. Now, not everybody who's been rejected is unkind, okay? So it doesn't go both ways equally. There's a lot of people who are very rejected, who have been very hurt by rejection, who are very kind people. Okay? But someone who is always rude, who is always like that's their normal go-to mood all the time, that's the way they speak, they're sharp, they're rough, they're ugh, you know, it's because there's a root of rejection. And so what, one of the things that happens is that um, fear will create this self-defense mechanism that says, I will reject you and I will be rude to you because I'm afraid that otherwise I'll be kind, you'll take advantage, and then you reject me and you'll hurt me. So it's a self-defense mechanism. It's been learned. I mean, we know that to have friends, it requires to be friendly, right? I mean, nobody thinks they're going to go take this girl out on a date and be rude to her. Hey. Um, you want to go eat? Are you hungry? I mean, you have to eat at some point, right? Like, don't And if that ever works, man, that girl, we need to talk to that girl. You should be on your best foot. Right? You should be you should put your best foot forward all the time. Like like you're like rolling out the red carpet, right? Here you go. You used to open up the door for her, now you forgot. We were extra kind at the beginning. 
Where'd that go? So somebody who wants friends, like, you know you want to be kind. Kindness is attractive. People are attracted to kindness. That's why I believe that's one of the reasons why Jesus was able to say to 12 people, hey, come follow me for three years. Leave everything you're doing. Kindness is attractive. And sometimes we get this idea, you know, just because we've seen some leaders with big influence that are kind of like rude and unkind, and we think, oh, see, I, I can be rude and unkind and also, you know, influence a lot of people. I'm like, no, there's something else going on there. It's called manipulation or, or something like that, you know. <sighs> Hello. And so, at the heart level, there's rejection, there's fear, okay, there's uh, hardness, harshness that has been learned. If you think about it, children aren't naturally unkind. Uh, how many of you saw the movie The Grinch? You saw The Grinch, right? Mr. Grinch. And uh, Mr. Grinch, do we have a picture of The Grinch? Ha, there's The Grinch, right? And how many of you know that's a fake smile? right? That's an up-to-no-good smile. And here's the thing. This is, see, that, that brain science I just told you is so real because how many of you have ever been able to tell when somebody was kind, but it was fake? Yeah. Right? <laughs> because it was empty. There was no good photons coming out, you know? It was just lip service. See, you get this warm feeling when somebody's kind to you or when you do one of these uh, random acts of kindness and you feel like, whoo, you know, you feel really good. Why is that? Because it's a chemical response. It's serotonin going through your brain and being like, ah, that feels so good. Or when somebody's so kind to you, you feel the same thing. But the opposite happens when you're going through TSA at the airport and, and you're stressed out because you don't know if your belt is going to beep and they're going to yell at you. Right? Sir, sir, what, what? <laughs> and I hear just, it's over, right? There's all this negative stuff going on. Well, you know, the Grinch, the Grinch had a rejection issue. Somebody actually rejected him. It was very rude in Whoville. I don't know if you watched the movie. If you haven't watched the movie, you're going to have to go watch the movie to understand this message, and I'm sorry, okay? But that's just it. And so the Grinch, you know, he, he was rude. Like he stole Christmas and, and he was harsh with people and did like all these horrible things to people. But why? He had a rejection issue. People had rejected him. And here's the thing that happened. We know that not everybody in Whoville rejected him. But he had something that we also fall into. It's called perceived rejection. Because perceived rejection is just as real as rejection. Real rejection. And so he had a perceived rejection. That's why when Cindy Lou Who showed up, Cindy Lou Who? Could have put a picture of Katya there, same thing, you know. When Cindy Lou Who showed up, right? She's a child. She's not rude. She's not rejecting him. And she's just being kind to him. But he does not know how to deal with kindness. He's like, what? No, like, no way. But Enough kindness leads people to repentance. And at the end of the movie, um, I don't know if we have a picture at the end of the movie, but at the end of the movie, the Grinch is on the ground, and it's like the Grinch just got saved. When I watched this, I cried. I'm like, he got saved. Hello, he got saved. His heart grew three times that day, right? And what happened? 
it led him to repentance. And all of a sudden, he starts like loving on people, and he's kind to people, and he's giving back to people. And I said, what is it? <laughs> Hello. You didn't know we could preach a message with the Grinch, huh? <laughs> but it's so amazing because his rejection issue went away. He got healed. His heart got healed. And he had no more perceived rejection, no more rejection. See, when you feel rejected or when you perceive rejection, you're not kind. Hello. Think about this for a moment. When you feel rejected, when somebody rejects you directly or you feel or perceive rejected, you're not very kind. Instead, what you are really closed off because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to be kind. What if they reject me back? It's a self-defense mechanism. You don't feel adequate. But what happens, now think about the places where you are the most kind or the environments where you are the most kind. It's because not only do you feel accepted, but you also feel celebrated. Right? If they... If you, go on, if, you, if you get on your flight and they roll out the red carpet for you and they sit you in first class and they come and they're serving you, you know, perfectly, you're, you're this very kind person. Why? Because you feel zero rejection. You feel very accepted. As a matter of fact, you feel celebrated. Yeah? Who celebrates you? Who fully accepted you just as you are? Did he put any conditions on you? Did he say, well, you're going to get your act together and, you know, after you've gone 90 days without sinning, you know, then I will fully accept you. In the meantime, I kind of 50-50 reject you. So, uh, no, right? He fully accepted us just as we are right now. And so that means that because we're fully accepted and we're celebrated by him, even if we're in environments where we don't feel accepted, where we feel or perceive rejection, right? Um, I'm accepted by my father, but by the most important person in the whole world, in the whole universe, the one that matters the most. And because of that, I can be kind as he has been kind to me. Amen.